Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. You're listening to Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq Alami, and we are broadcasting at WCEV 1450 AM. We are reaching the world by streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. And remember, you can always catch us on the TuneIn app as well. Just uh, pull up WCEV. Uh, folks, it's been an interesting night. Uh, we are excited. This is, this. well, I'll tell you this. Uh, New Year's, people are looking to, to change things. Uh, they're looking to fill in the gaps. And I think uh, this segment, the, this uh, the guest that we have on with us right now, uh, Zara J, she is the founder of a Muslim matchmaking site, the Black Muslim Single Society. Uh, and it started as a way to bring together men and women who are not only looking to meet other singles, but also want to build a bridge um, build and bridge professional gaps within the black Muslim culture. Uh, the, society, the society serves as a web of opportunity to connect with various black Muslims in different industries, events, and information to directly improve black Muslim life. So we are pleased to welcome to Radio Islam, Zara J. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. And uh, we're happy to have you with us. So this is a <laughs> This is a really, um, this is an interesting, I shouldn't say interesting. Uh, first of all, it's a, I think, much needed as I was just kind of looking at it. But tell the Radio Slime family, tell Radio Slime family uh, a bit about how, uh, how, how this came into being. Sure. So, um, you know, just to make a long story short, it's, it's very simple. <laughs> um, I have been familiar with, uh, you know, with not just matchmaking, like introducing my friends to one another, but also um, just the industry and, you know, just a fan of the matchmaking industry. And um, I just got kind of frustrated and tired with hearing so many of my friends going through the same issues and a lot of the same struggles with trying to meet someone and being a convert. Mm -hmm. um, And by that time, I was just a couple years into... Uh, practicing Islam, it just baffled me how difficult it was for Muslims to meet to meet someone, you know, um, compared to non-Muslims. Like, why is it so difficult? And I started to realize that because we don't live in a Muslim society, in a Muslim environment, we have to make a greater effort um, into meeting each other, and we have to create environments. So that's why we created the matchmaking service and the events as well. Alhamdulillah, we're in our second year of business. Um, we're continuing to grow, you know, every single day. So it's a blessing um, as we're getting more recognition and spreading. And we've had several marriages and, uh, you know, just slowly, you know, taking this tortoise appeal <laughs> to uh, success. So uh, inshallah, you know, we'll continue to be a blessing to the Ummah. Yeah, inshallah. So, what are some of the what are some of the the challenges and some of the successes that you have encountered in the in these two years? Sure, um, I think some of the challenges, for the most part, are, now when you say challenges, do you mean from a matching side or from a business side? Wow, that that that's good. I was thinking just in terms of the matching, but if you want to talk about the business side, I, I you know we'd love to um, hear your thoughts on that as well. Sure. Um, well. From the matching side, um, some of the challenges comes into um, play when it's just trying to match people according to location can sometimes be a challenge. 
um, you know, we work primarily with black Muslims. We do have some other, we have white, some white Muslims, uh, Bangladeshi Muslims, um, you know, some other cultures in our network. But for the most part, we work with the African diaspora. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the concept of relocating for love, I feel like it's still fairly new to most people. Um, and I don't necessarily think that it's the, the easiest option at all, but it's an option for many who are seriously open and willing. So trying to find enough people that are in um, the same location can be a challenge because we do prefer to match locally. Um, we have more success with those who um, are local matches, you know, in the same city or state. But um, for the most part, black Muslims remain on the East Coast in the Northeast region of the country. So from, I would say, about Virginia to New York, um, you know, that's really a big chunk of the black Muslim population. And then you have others that are spread out in other places. So if you have someone who lives in maybe uh, Sacramento, California, or uh, somewhere in Mississippi, or the middle, or maybe even maybe Illinois, but a small town in Illinois, you have people who live in these small, smaller, um, you know, regions. And uh, it can be a challenge matching them and finding someone that's going to either relocate to where they are or they'll have to relocate. So the so location is a, is a big challenge for most people. Let me ask you, is that one of the things that, um, uh, that, that you present at the, at the beginning of the process? Um, do you find out who is willing to relocate? Yes, that's a part of their interview process. So we have a rep who, um, she does the interviews and builds the profiles for us. And one of the questions that she has to ask is, you know, are you willing to relocate? So we know, um, according to people's preferences, everyone has to go through a 30-minute a interview okay. um, in order to even be in our network. They have to fill out an application, then they have to go through an interview, then they get their profile built. So it's a bit of a filtering system. It's a three-part process before we can even match anyone. Um, once they go through their interview, we do have in our notes, you know, are they open to relocation? If they are reloc- open to relocations, then what areas are they open to relocating to? Because, you know, if you live in D.C., you might be open to relocating to Virginia or maybe New Jersey, but you might not be open to relocating to Texas. Right. So we need to know all of these things so we don't waste your time or waste anyone else's time either. Right, right. Now, I, I was surprised to hear you say that, you don't, so you don't really have a lot of involvement from Chicago, huh? Um, you know what? We don't have any involvement from Chicago. I'm going to be honest with you. Wow. Um, we do have some people in, in the state of Illinois, mm-hmm. but not Chicago. Um, we have some, I can't even think of the. T- um, I think further south um, city, but as far as the major city goes, we're still trying to break into that Midwest market. Um, it's the Midwest is more of our struggle. We actually get a lot of people on the East Coast. We have people on the West Coast, and of course in the South. Mm-hmm. But the Midwest section of the country, we've been having a struggle with uh, building a connection with the the mid region. So. Yeah. You know, I love having this opportunity to be on your radio station. I know that you're, you're, uh, you know, you're you're out there in Chicago, but yeah, we have a we are having a hard time connecting with the Midwest. And so, some of the events that you do, uh, do your events? Do you travel with the events? 
Yes. Um, last year in 2017, we did Oakland, we did Atlanta, and we did Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2018, inshallah, we have planned for New Jersey, um, Oakland again. We'll be doing uh, D.C. again and uh, Detroit, inshallah. Okay, inshallah. Well, when you – I'll say, okay, Detroit is right down the road from us. So Yeah, Detroit will be our first Midwest <laughs> event. So. Okay. All right. We're kind of we're looking forward to that one. We're a little nervous about it, but we're looking forward. We had to wait for the cold to pass, like, and we have to wait till it gets warm for Detroit. Well, well, once you once you get Detroit out the way, then uh, we're going to be looking for you to make your way uh, five hours over to Chicago. Uh, You know, we can. Yeah, inshallah. So inshallah, I mean, I would love to. We would love to go to Chicago. It's just been, uh, you know, just trying to figure out what, where are the Chicago Muslims, and how do we better connect with them. So we've been trying to make more of an effort to go out that way. Okay, all right. Uh, Well, let me ask this because we, we're in a time now where people uh, are able to project, um, build the the person that they want to be. We spend so much time on social media, Mm -hmm. Um, right. And I know. I mean, I've heard. I've heard stories from from other uh, from other spaces. Is that how does honesty? I'm just point blank. How does are, are people being honest about who they are? Um, I feel like with with matchmaking with the network, I feel like we build a relationship with the people. Mm-hmm. So um, because we go through a filtering process and. Um, you know, either me or one of my partners. I have two other women that I work with. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like uh, I've gotten a pretty good grasp on listening and <laughs> using discernment. But because people are paying for a service, I feel as though they um, are a little bit more transparent yeah. um, with what they're looking for and who they are because it's a paid service and it's not free. Not only that, but it's also... Um, the issue of we, we explain to them that you want to get matched upon, you know, we match you upon preferences mm-hmm. and we interview every single person. So we can kind of listen to when someone, if someone says something that's like, okay, but you said this and, um, you know, let's go dig a little bit deeper. So we try to dig a little bit deeper when we're asking people questions to really listen to what someone's saying. Um, but it's also the fact that when people are in front or across from the person that they really want, they're more likely to tell a story. Mm. But they don't have to tell us a lie. Like There's no reason for them to lie to us right. about who they are, what they're looking for. Um, that kind of defeats the purpose because we're going to match them according to their values and, you know, their interests and things of that sort. So I feel as though because they're coming to us and they're talking to us and not directly to a potential match, that they're less likely to try to portray themselves to be a particular way because, you know, it's, it's like chatting with your friend about what you're looking for. You're less likely to, chat to uh, you know, make up a story to your friend than you are to the person that you actually want to desperately marry and you need to fit into that mold for them mm-hmm. so i don't feel we haven't really had any issues with uh transparency okay well that's great and okay. and i was i'm 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 happy to hear this this vetting right because we know that uh i mean I, i've been i've been off the 
the, the shelf, I guess on the shelf, I don't know, for almost 18 years, 18 years <laughs> April now, right? So I don't really know what's going on out there. Uh, <laughs> I just, I just read some, I read the post and I'm just thinking, like, yeah. wow, it's, this is, this is some wild stuff. Um, well, you know, and I'm sorry to cut you off, no, no, go ahead. but, um, a really, we posted a really great blog this weekend. Inshallah, um, anyone who's listening can go to blackmuslimsinglesociety.com and check out some of our blogs or follow us on social media and subscribe to the email list. But um, we posted a really great blog this week, and I hope that a lot of people will read the blog and we've gotten some positive feedback from it. But it actually spoke to this issue of deception. Mm. Um, and I was I was motivated um, partly through a conversation that I was having with someone else up you know, explaining to them why I believe that th- that this deception goes on. But also, um, I started to notice in a lot of my very close friendships, um, this issue of feeling as though um, they have been deceived mm. upon marriage, um, in new marriages, either uh, in courtships or in marriages. You know, they get married rather quickly. And then... Um, you know, six months, a year, year and a half into the marriage, they start to feel as though um, they were deceived and they didn't marry the person that they thought they were marrying. And I started to realize that I believe that part of um, this issue comes from a lack of vulnerability. Um, in, in the beginning of the courtships of of these relationships, and I feel that that's a problem um, that we see in the Uma, a lack of vulnerability when men and women are connecting. So because um, there's this desire to be a certain way or to be this, you know, super pious Muslim or to not show your flaws or the scarcity impact of believing that if you don't obtain this person, you might not get another chance. So you're not going to ask certain questions. You're not going to be vulnerable and you're not going to invite vulnerability because you're so afraid of what the outcome is. And it's just that the fear of losing something that you don't even have. So... Um, that lack of vulnerability, I believe, um, really is what ends up developing into what can be viewed as deception in a new marriage. Um, and this is just my theory, and my, I, we elaborated way more um, on the blog, but I think that um, for anyone who would be interested in checking out that blog, you can just go to Black Muslim Single Society. It's one of the newest blogs that's been posted on our page, and I think that it gives a lot of insight um, to this issue and how to get around it. Mm. So is is that the piece um, about courtship? Um, the major key? Yeah. Course, yes, that one, yeah. Okay, I actually just pulled it up. So Radio Islam family, you will actually find, uh, you will find that right on Radio Islam's Facebook page. Uh, so oh, we just you. shared that so uh, folks can take a look at it. Uh, yeah, I think that that is a critical, that is a critical element. Uh, this idea of being honest and putting on a different face. And that's that's really what uh, I think that's one of the the, the downfalls or it, it just kind of comes along with this. Uh, it comes along with the territory of social media where you can really just craft the image of who you want, who you want to be. Right. So right. And, it, and it's hard for Muslims, um, you know, it's hard for American Muslims to figure out this balance of courtship and culture. You know, so we have American culture, and then for, you know, African-Americans, you have black culture, or you have whatever group you belong to ethnically. Um, You know, and then you have Islam, and trying to figure out the crossroads of how that all comes together 
for marriage or for dating and relationships is very confusing, especially with the younger generations. We get a lot of under 40. Mm-hmm. Muslims are under 45. Muslims primarily our base is between 25 to 45. Mm-hmm. So for that group, um, you know, it's very complicated and confusing how they're supposed to navigate all this in a way that makes them feel comfortable and also still um, adheres to the dean. Right. So um, I think that we need a lot more practical advice mm-hmm. and practical guidance, and that might not necessarily come from religious leaders. Right. Um, I think that, that we have to start implementing a lot more, um, uh, you know, whether they're relationship uh, therapists or coaches or whoever it is to try to guide people and help bridge their gap on how to move forward because it's a challenge for for most um young american muslims you know I, i'll share this and i see i see black muslim single society very much as a as a wali uh as a protector um mm. and uh, i recall myself my wife and i we got married after two weeks but we were a part of a group Mashallah. yeah yeah it was only a lot right <laughs> But we were part of this group that got together, group of, at the time, young people. <laughs> and okay. We would, so you guys are in the same city? Yeah, we were in the same city. Okay. And the group served as our Wally, right? So we all went yeah. out to eat together. Uh, and, yeah. And, and when I hear about the, you know, the, the events that you do where you able, were able to bring people together, these are, these are concerns. You know, how do you navigate those things? Um, right. Well, the events, alhamdulillah, Mm -hmm. like the events, I feel as though um, they've been such a blessing. And my favorite part about the events is just seeing how the smile and the enthusiasm on everyone's faces when they leave the events. Like, it's just such a good feeling for me um, to see my brothers and my sisters, like, come together and they're smiling and they're happy and they feel good leaving these events because everyone comes in super nervous and uncomfortable (laughs) to see them leaving and to enjoy it and asking when's the next one and looking forward because we do um we send out emails to let them know if anyone was interested in them from the event so um it's there aren't a lot of spaces where single men and women get to actually interact but we just don't have those spaces for them so um you know, it's a blessing. So, like the group that you said, you and your wife was in, when you guys actually had an opportunity to interact, mm-hmm. we need more of that, and there's just not enough of that going on. Yeah. Let me ask you this other element of of that that's incorporated uh, within Black Muslim Single Society, uh, and mm-hmm. that is says um, the, the the goal is also to uh, build and bridge professional gaps within the Black mm-hmm. Muslim culture. So, mm-hmm. so people are able to take part. Uh, in the services, um, uh, so everybody is not necessarily looking for a wife, but maybe looking for t- for professional advancement. Is is that or networking? Is well, the- um, I was definitely looking for marriage. Um, I, I think everyone that comes to looking for marriage, but we bridge gaps. One because it can be very hard for um, both some black Muslim professionals. I mean, just about everyone we deal with. Um, some type of profession, whatever business or industry that is. Mm-hmm. And um, it's very hard for Muslims who are just out in the workforce um, every day in corporate environments or whatever environment they're in to come across other Muslims um, 
you know, for for marriage, um, it can be very hard for them to find someone based upon education or career um, or just whatever family needs that they have. So uh, we definitely help to bridge that gap because, you know, alhamdulillah, I can honestly say that um, not that this is what defines people, but we've been able to bring in like an amazing group of young black Muslims. It amazes me sometimes. To, to come across people like, wow, you're a scientist, or this person's a software developer, or um, all different types of fields. You know, this person, they're an engineer for FEMA, or um, people that we just don't even utilize or realize that we have such a plethora of black Muslims um, that that are educated and intelligent and hardworking and, 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 and doing so many amazing things. And to be able to bring those people together um, is awesome and amazing. On top of that, with our events, um, for men and women, it gives them the opportunity to meet brothers and sisters that they may never have met. So it gives them opportunity to exchange contact information. You know, the women um, have the opportunity to chat. The men have the opportunity to chat. Uh, we received an email from someone who attended an Atlanta event, and they said that they met more brothers and sisters in that one night than they had met in five years of being Muslim. Wow. So it, it definitely um, opens up the opportunity to conversation and to dialogue in a relaxed environment that people just typically don't have an opportunity to enjoy. Okay. Do you see uh, Black Muslim Single Society as uh, the, the term, I guess that's been in circulation for, for some years now, as a third space? Um, you know, it's it's outside of the mass, it doesn't have a, uh, it's not grounded in, in any, any physical yeah. space, but it mm-hmm. is, but it's serving a particular purpose. Um, but it, but mm-hmm. it's, yeah, yeah. What, what do you, what do you think on that? So you said a third base. I haven't heard that term before, but. No, no, um, uh, third, third space. A third space. Okay. Yeah. Um, definitely. I see it as a third space. Um, honestly, we intentionally try to avoid um, the mass shit when it comes to um, events. Mm-hmm. We don't do events that match it. Um, you know, we, of course, we love to match it, but <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just because we try to make the environments comfortable um, for men and women, and we want people to be able to be themselves. And we know that that's not very easy in a religious setting. Um, we also try to appeal to the younger demographic, and we understand that for Muslims, you know, they come to one of our events, that might be the only time that they've been able to get dressed and have a fun night out in probably months. Mm. Um, and when it comes to having being able to get out and have a fun night with the Uma, that might have been their only opportunity that whole entire year. So we really like to give them um, a night out. So that's why we try to stick to venues that are art galleries or restaurants or somewhere that's a little bit more entertaining um, that gives people that sense of feeling that still identifies with their American culture and not just their Islamic culture. Okay. Uh, do you have, do you have um, people who have signed up that are not uh, African-American? They're not black. They're not part of a black um, diaspora, uh, but they are yeah. looking for, you know, they're looking for African, a, yep, a yeah. black Muslim, whatever type of black Muslim that is. Right. Um, yeah, sure. We ha- we do. We have, like I said, we have some white Muslims. We have, I know we have Bangladeshi. Um, those are those are the only two cultures that I can re- re- remember offhand. I mean, right. we have 
all different kinds of black Muslims, um, you know, as far as the diaspora goes from Caribbean to Nigerian to Eritrean, Senegalese, uh, Sri Lankan, like we have all different types of black Muslims, but, um, when it, but we also have a few other cultures as well who either they've been married in the past to a black Muslim or they just feel like they're more comfortable uh, with the black community. So we, we do have others who aren't um, black. Okay. Black Muslim. Right. <laughs> now, this is something, uh, uh, and I hope, I hope I'm not asking something that's outside the, the purview. Um, is, are, are, you do, are you doing this, uh, operating this full time? Oh yeah, this is this is all that I do. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Everything goes into Black Muslim Single Society, wow, um, whether it is um, you know apparel or you know merchandising. Now we've, we've been breaking more into merchandising, event planning, um, membership, all of that. It takes a lot to run everything. Um, we now we have. We're a three-person team now, so okay. I have an assistant who does handles just interviews and um, interviews and profiles, and then I have someone who handles events. So we just collectively work together and try to manage everything. And <laughs> inshallah, we'll be growing probably to a four or five-person team by the end of 2017. Wow, inshallah, that's that's wonderful. That is wonderful inshallah. to hear that. Uh, so where once again, where can um, where can the Radio Islam family find Black Muslim Single Society at? We are Black Muslim Single Society on everything. We are <laughs> Black Muslim Single Society dot com, Black Muslim Single Society on Instagram, and we also have Black Muslim Single Socials on Instagram, which just for our event page, um, we are Black Muslim Single Society on Facebook. So. You can um, find us on any of those avenues on Facebook, Instagram, or on our main website. Okay. All right. Awesome. I thank you so much for taking the time to talk with the Radio Islam family. And I must say, because, all right, you know, I, I, hopefully we can get you back on again and, and maybe get okay. you on for the, whole, for, the whole, uh, for the whole show. Because I didn't get to ask you about you're also an author. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and... My, yeah. my, my, my middle daughter, I've got three girls. My middle daughter, she, uh, she loves you. So, oh, she, mashallah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> thank uh, you so much. Yeah, she'll definitely get a big kick out of, uh, when I tell her who I, I spoke to tonight. <laughs> now, did she, she read Diary Davis? I'm she guessing. did. She did. Yes. Well, you'll have to send me your information so I can send her a signed copy, a signed book, so she can have that. Oh, I, I certainly will. She will. She will definitely appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, oh, no problem. Yes. So, uh, okay. inshallah, may Allah continue to bless you uh, and, and uh, Black okay. Muslim Single Society and all the work that you're doing. Uh, keep cracking out those marriages, and uh, <laughs> hopefully, we look forward to you getting uh, making you all's way to Chicago. Inshallah. Thank you so much for having me tonight. Right. You are definitely welcome. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs> <laughs> alaikum assalam. All right, Radio Islam family. That was Zara J. Uh, she's the founder of the Muslim matchmaking site, Black Muslim Single Society. And um, we did share her, uh, that blog, uh, that blog post. It's on, our, it's on Radio Islam's Facebook, Facebook page. 